leaders. We pose the problems of human beings in their relations with the world. Change. Liberation is a praxis of action, team flexion upon the world. Welcome to the pedagogy of the obsessed. Welcome back. This week, David shares the more painful and raw conclusion to the story of Global Tech. We share part two of A Casualty of Ed Reform Unedited. Listen as the community reflects on and tries to come to terms with the closing of their school. And there's a little bit of adult language in the episode, so consider who is around when you listen. Something that I've constantly reflected on is how the environment really allows or or doesn't allow kind of innovation to happen and how that environment impacts schools like Global Tech, either positively or negatively. In 2013, a new mayor was elected, Bill de Blasio, and with him came a change in the Department of Education. The Klein era under Michael Bloomberg was officially over, and Carmen Farina was appointed the new chancellor of New York City Public Schools. One of Farina's early initiatives as chancellor was to consolidate small schools. The idea, the economies of scale idea of consolidating schools is that if you're paying less for principal salaries or AP salaries at two schools, then you have more availability when you combine the schools to pay for electives um, and have resources to provide things like honors classes or science labs. So this was the idea of school consolidation, that this was going to be better for students because we'll have more money to pay for these things. So now for the million-dollar question, what happened? I can tell you from my perspective that uh, that moment when Global Tech and PS7, when it was announced by the then superintendent of District 4, Alex Estrella, that we were slated to merge or that we... They wanted us to merge the two schools. I can tell you my reaction was not good. (laughs) I thought, like, why are they doing this? We're not a failing school. We're actually, we do pretty good work. Um, And, you know, it just didn't make sense. And so what I did following that and the pushback that I I gave, um, I see that as part of the the problem of, of sort of where global tech is now. But... I also wanted to ask others, and I asked the question, so from your perspective, what do you think happened? So first, my side of the story. In the spring of 2015, I was invited to come to a meeting with Superintendent Alex Estrella with the principal of PS7 at the time, Samir Talati. At this meeting, uh, Superintendent Estrella informed us that her plan to consolidate Global Tech with PS7. Originally, it was to have PS7, which is a K-8 school that we were co-located with, um, swallow up Global Tech, um, that we would um, plan this merger. And we wouldn't tell the staffs, we wouldn't tell the parents, and we wouldn't tell the uh, students that this merger was was in the works until uh, we came up with the, the strategy and the plan um, to make this happen. 
I was, I was shocked. I didn't know what to do. I wondered why. And I asked her, why, why, why us? I, we're doing good. We're doing good work. We, we, we're not a failing school. And her response was, well, your enrollment is low. And this is about resources. The question that I kind of want to go to is sort of like the, the meat of this interview, which is, what do you think happened? <laughs> oh, the, you know, big ugly squid of the bureaucracy reached out and destroyed it. Why? Um, why? Oh, God, that's more complicated. Um, part of the answer that, to that, I think, is, is politics, which is that, um, you know, and, and I think here it's important to note that even though I hold the Bloomberg chair, I do not consider, you know, the Bloomberg administration to have been an, an unalloyed success in the education realm, far from it. Um, um, but basically, de Blasio's administration has decided that anything that, the, that happened under the Bloomberg uh, era um, must be dismantled. And uh, so I think part of it is political. Part of it is just what bureaucracies do. They reassert themselves. Um, I mean, one of, I think, perhaps the best thing that happened under the Bloomberg um, regime was the establishment of the network structure, um, yeah. which, uh, you know, as you know, was an attempt to, to dismantle some of that bureaucracy and return power and control to schools and particularly principals. Um, and what's happened under the de Blasio Farina regime is to try to dismantle all of that and reassert the control of the bureaucracy. Um, so I think that's, um, you know, that's the other part of it. And you also have had some really boneheaded, um, you know, personnel decisions. And, you know, um, the superintendent, um, as, as we see the district four, um, seems to be just dreadful. <laughs> and, you know, she, we see that in the way she handled uh, Central Park East uh, and certainly in the way she handled Global Tech. Um, and then, you know, on the other side of it, you know, the one other element I'll add is, you know, David, I think you had many wonderful, many wonderful qualities as a principal. Um, but I think you yourself would admit that you're not to look particularly political. So I think one interesting question to ask is, you know, if Christina had been principal when you were, um, and she was willing to, or you had been willing to, from the very get-go, you know, uh, call in every political favor you could, um, you know, really rattle, the, you know, the cages as much as possible, you know, might you have been able to forestall what happened? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I think the only thing that could have stopped that um, was, um, you know, and, and we have Central Park East as sort of the, um, the parallel to some extent. Uh, I mean, they finally got rid of, um, you know, that awful principle. And obviously in the case of Global Tech, the issue wasn't the principle. The issue was the dismantling of the school. Um, 
you know, I don't know if, if, if that would have been, you know, if that could have happened. Um, but I think that's the only possible thing that might have been able to forestall it. Um, in my view, the, the superintendent, um, uh, you know, sometimes people can um, integrate personal relationships and work really well. And I think we did that at Global Tech, um, but others cannot. I believe the superintendent um, wanted to make herself look good, essentially. And by doing so, you know, chose to pick on us as a school and pick on you specifically as a principal in order to make herself look good. I think hmm. she, What do you mean by that? Like why would she why would picking on us make her look good? Um, I think she wanted it's about power, right? I think it's about power. She wanted to feel powerful. Um and I, I honestly think she was a little bit jealous of what we were doing. And there was, like, a lack of understanding as to what we were doing. I feel like if she took the time to really fully be present in our school for an extended amount of time, she would have different views about what the school was. I feel like there were some, like, some preconceived notions about how we were moving kids, which weren't true. Um, and I also think it goes even maybe beyond her with the chancellor and her small school, like wanting larger schools uh, without really fully understanding the impact of how larger schools, you know, impact students, particularly in the environments in which we used to work. Um, she was like a bully, the superintendent, not just to you, but to, to the teachers, uh, and then turned, twisted around and tried to make it about us when it was 100% about her. It's so, so funny how people in power, it's like they got there for a reason, right? Because the people who really want to do right by the kids, don't you know they they don't go into her position like I wish more people with good intentions for the students were superintendents and chancellors and et cetera so I guess then could something could could, I, could we have done something differently? Could something have been done to kind of steer global tech away from sort of where it's at now? The only thing I wish we would have done, yes, is just made more of a fuss about it. I mean, but it, it, it would cause, it, it, it would take some risk, right? Because people could be jobless. But was it worth it? You know, like that's the question. I feel like more news outlets could have known. We could all have written about it. We should have informed, I feel like we were like, protecting the kids so the kids kind of didn't know they were finding out with some backhand way through somebody through somebody parents should have been notified um and they were but not in a we gave it to them really light you know we kind of 
gave them the news with like um, kid gloves. And I do think that there were parents, even though our parents are, some of them would not um, rally, if you would, but there were, I feel like if the right parents were told, then we could have made a bigger fuss and made it known what was happening to our school. But I'm not sure if anything would happen, though, from it, to be honest. But I do, my only gut is, like, someone needs to know about what happened and what is happening to Global Tech. What do I think happened, Eagle? Um, we had a superintendent, but it's it goes beyond the superintendent, actually. It was a culture that was created by um, the chancellor and everyone else involved at the higher level where superintendents were given unchecked power. The fact that um, quality reviews and um, student scores weren't being factored into principals, um, principals' ratings, that it actually came down to like one person being able to have total say over a school. Um, so what do I think happened? I think that ego got in the way in terms of like the superintendent wanting to force out forcing out a principal that didn't always agree with her, a principal that was competent, intelligent, um, potentially at points pushed back because he was doing what was best for his students, his teachers, um, and was seen as um, as a threat to what she wanted, which is total control. Um, and as a result, pushing out a principal that is doing a great job, has great ratings, um, high scores on in terms of like how parents view the school, um, top ratings in terms of how teachers view the school, how students view the school, um, and then having people come in who weren't competent to run the school, who created investigations or letters to file, just changing up the whole climate of the school, created or denying or the fact that the superintendent denied three teachers or I think four teachers their tenure after the principal approved it just created a space where we weren't wanted. And so what happened was that teachers left. You have really good teachers. You have teachers who care about kids, and they felt like their work wasn't being recognized. And in fact, not only were they not being recognized, but they were actually being shut down. So teachers are going to leave. And so what we had was, what, 14 out of 16 staff members leaving Global Tech? That's going to create a huge vacuum, and it's it's sad for the kids that stayed. It's, it's sad that it became about – it wasn't about kids at that point. But if teachers felt like their jobs were in jeopardy, which it was, you know, they're going to have to go elsewhere. And that's what so many of us were forced to do. One thing I've learned from this process is that I'm not a cage rattler. Um, I don't like to make a fuss <laughs> and – what I'm hearing from other people and, and what I think I should have done is, is just that. I should have made more of a fuss. I thought that if I could pull allies in from central offices or other people who really cared deeply about global tech uh, and who had some power, um, that I could stall or put off this merger. At some point, the superintendent found out that I was engaging people behind her back uh, to try to stop this merger. And I was marked to go um, after that. Uh, my principal rating uh, in 2000, 
16 went to developing after only receiving effectives and also after a quality review that was all proficient and well-developed and my state assessment scores for students were still in the highest uh, percentile of the city, um, I was deemed as a principal who had to go. My plan backfired. Global Tech was gonna be merged no matter what, and I was not gonna be part of the process. I Once I announced to the superintendent that I would be leaving to join the Harvard EDLD program, she made it clear that she had um, no desire to have me part of the process to find a replacement, that she did not want me uh, to really uh, be part of, of the transition of the school. I approved uh, tenure for four of my teachers, four out of the six teachers who were up for tenure that year. And after I left, she categorically vetoed all four tenure recommendations. Teachers came to me afterward and asked like, why did she do this? Like, what's going on? And I told them that I think this is a clear signal um, that she's doing you a favor by letting you know um, that you're not wanted. So from that point on, I, I really spent the summer of 2017 helping teachers find jobs, who, those teachers who wanted to find jobs, and, and practically all of them did. Like, in the end, probably all these smaller schools are going to be done eventually, right? Like, what is there... What is there to be done if the queen of schools says that small schools are closing, right? Like each school is going to have its own death that happens in its own way and its own personality and its own people plan. But it, it's, it's like what could have happened. And secondly, she had to get rid of you and she had to get rid of Jackie before she could do it. So. And Jackie is the, was the principal of. Yeah. Of PS7. Of PS7. Who was the former assistant principal of Global Tech. No. And founding. So maybe I would have fought her differently. Yeah. But if she needed to get rid of you, you fought your own battle, you fought it in your own way. Yeah. If you didn't fight it, then she didn't need to get rid of you. <laughs> but you bring up an interesting point that I kind of want to unpack a little bit more, which is, you know, is there hope for schools like Global Tech in the future, you know, small schools who are, I mean, when you look at what you described as what makes Global Tech innovative, that was, it was small, it was in a high-needs community of East Harlem, it served populations like students with IEPs at higher rates that um, were traditionally left out of success, um, and it it did it in a way that, that respected teachers, that created strong culture, um, that gave kids opportunities. You described earlier that it was like, you know, this capitalist system, like our kids, global tech kids, were getting more opportunities than the yeah. other kids co-located in PS7. So, yeah. you know, there was a lot going on for this small school. Yeah. Yet, what the way you described it was the bureaucracy still won. So, is there hope? for schools like Global Tech in the future? Yeah, I know. A lot of people have asked me about this and also, like, 
I keep waiting for like a funeral sadness to come around or about global tech for me. Um, and I think that first round where Jackie told me like, oh, they're going to close the school <laughs> and I cried and she's like, but David told me not to tell you. So you're not allowed to say anything. And I was like, okay, I can't. And I need to respect his authority as principal and he knows what's happening there. Um, and then I think I luckily was super, super, super had the worst food poisoning ever in Ethiopia. And Jackie like texted me and I would have never been in the room and had Wi-Fi. Um, she's like, you have to call Anderson or they're really trying to do it or whatever would you guys were going through at that time. Yeah. Um, that was my real moment of sad. That was like my funeral moment because then I was thinking about the individual and like, why isn't Jackie doing this? And why aren't teachers doing this? And why are people calling 311? And why are whatever? And like sitting in this very individualized place, like David should do this. Jackie should do this. Why wouldn't people like want me to help? Why wouldn't, you know, like all of these individual. And then like, I think as I, when it got saved during that first round, um, from there then I started to see like, no, no matter what, like it's the system at work. It's not about the individuals. It's not about. Yeah. And, and that's sort of like where I was with the first round. Um, just to kind of, just to interject, sorry. Interesting. Um, where I was like, okay, if I can do this quietly, maybe I can save global tech. And then it wasn't until I... And this is, I guess, my Pollyanna complex I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, it wasn't until I had, like, a meeting with um, Estrella, the superintendent, um, who was, uh, where she extended my probation on very loose grounds that I, it hit me. After the meeting, I was like, oh, like, the school really is going to close. Yeah, she's going to do it whatever way she has and to. And that's when I really started to feel like, hopeless mm. and I thought like okay we won this round and what was crazy was that was um I still even through that like that meeting I still kind of held hope out and we had the quality review and like there was a part of me that was like if we can knock this quality review out of the park like there's hope for us and we did we knocked the quality review out of the park and then it wasn't enough yeah I mean, that's the sad part systematically, right? Like They're not looking at what does the school do for these kids? What does this district need? And I'm not even talking about the bullshit metrics. And I know a lot of the teachers hated me for having school till six o'clock, but I will stand by that always because still to this day, I hear about like kids as soon as they got into high school and they got out at two o'clock, then it was gang time, right? And it was yeah. like, it was, it was. How many kids didn't join gangs because we know when they're out recruiting? And of course, some still did. Not not to say like, oh, it was all perfect, but you're also combat combating the demographics and yeah. statistical history of East yeah. Harlem of the neighborhood. Yeah, just tried to look at like what's going on and how can we fix it. And none of that is ever going to be in test scores, and you know, this it's just not. But um. 
I think that first time, I think when I first found out, like, I remember we were driving over the McComb Stand Bridge into the Bronx and I just, like, cried instantly when Jackie told me. Like, tears just came. And that was sort of my funeral moment. And I feel like a lot of people have asked me and it's like, I, I feel a sadness and I feel, like, that fight in me because it's it's also just sort of, like... Okay, you can close it down, but, like, you're not going to do it easily. Like, let's rally this. You know, like, along the way, I was always like, yeah. if you want to call a lawyer, let's call yeah. it. Like, let's not do this DOE union shit. Let's call a real lawyer. Let's rattle them up a little bit because she's connected to all the... Everybody's all connected and, like, I'm ready to pay for the lawyer. I'm ready to... Right, because I always want to feel like we had the noble fight, whatever that means for me. Or or that, like, we we made we her life hell fight. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just of, my style and people, people and, other people do it in, in different ways. And that doesn't mean it's less of a fight. And I think that's what I had to realize. Like everybody has their own way. Nobody wants to see it go and there's no right or wrong way that any person handles it within a systemic effort to wipe it out. Right. That would be like saying for my work in Rwanda that um, there's all these stories about, and this is much more serious than global tech, of course, but like in terms of how things are ending and how people handle it, there's all these stories of the genocide of um, parents like holding their kids and telling them to not cry or to not yell before they get killed because they need to die nobly and honorably and not with fear or not like let the person know. And it's just like, that's probably not my way to die. I would want to be like, you know, cursing them out and screaming and like trying to get, but, but everybody, like we were all part of a broader thing that there was probably no way of stopping it. Um, so anyways, that's a probably totally unnecessary genocide reference to my own life experience <laughs> of post global tech, but just, just like trying to say people deal with things differently, but it's so weird because I don't, I keep waiting for it to come, but I don't feel a deep hopelessness in some way. As all of the teacher, and maybe part of it is because I'm removed and I'm doing this new project that I'm excited about. Like maybe I'm just selfish in that way and I'm just so excited about what I'm doing. On the other hand, I think there's also a piece of like, what did us having that together mean? Like it's, it's not done in some ways. Like when John Jimenez is at Southern New Hampshire University or when Franklin can pass his GED and Rikers off of his middle school education because he was never even really in high school or when teachers can go to a school and be like, no, this is bullshit. It doesn't have to be this way. Um, like there's pieces of that, like all of the kids who were there and how they were influenced and where they're going and how they're going, whether it's how they do on the GED and Rikers versus getting a full scholarship to college. And like, I, I think when I look back at that time or think about our work together, it's like we proved something that public school in a really tough neighborhood doesn't have to be shitty for students or for teachers. And I think that's a big deal, right? Like, I'm not sure that's a lot of lived realities from a whole bunch of different viewpoints. And so I don't know what that means yet, but there's something in that that, like, continues 
for all of us, I, I think, as cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's know? not. I mean, it's that like... was... Um, the staff, like, my last day threw me a little party. <laughs> and then... Um, it was sad. Yeah. Like, I think my departure, that was the funeral. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't cry, though. I cried when global tech was first announced that it was good. like when I had that meeting with Australia I went back to my office and that was the only time I cried about it um cause it felt like it was gonna happen no matter what yeah yeah and um but at the the staff party my, my departure party like that was what I said I was like cause I knew that so many of the staff were gonna leave like yeah. I was gonna leave, and then I was, that door would keep swinging open. Yeah. Um, but I said, like, you know what? We are all adults. We're all educators, and we know what quality middle school education looks like. Yeah. We felt it. We've breathed it. We've lived it. Yeah. And many of us came from schools where we had no idea. We knew something was wrong, but we had no idea. And now you have an idea. And so yeah. like, that was sort of my charge to the staff. Like, go places. You know, like this, okay, this is ending, but find a way to, like, spread the idea. Spread the spirit. Because, like, the, the, what we created, what you created, um, it had a good run. And it, it impacted enough lives and it impacted you for being involved in it. Um, that this can continue. But it, yeah. it won't be called global tech. It will be called something different. That's the thing, right? It's like, and, and part of that is like letting go of the ego, right? Like letting go of our titles, letting go of our school name, letting go of us all working together and kind of, I, I don't think it's the ending that anybody would choose, but I'm not sure there was a choice. And so yeah. given the fate and given the time, I would put our school up against any other small school created during that time. And for us as a team to be like, we did, we did the realest shit. I feel like we did. <laughs> and, and I guess that is total ego, right? But, um, but it's, it's like, it's really real to me. And so, and I'm not an optimist in that way. You know, I'm very, um, I have these coworkers now who are trying to send me all these things of like hope in the time of Trump and all the human spirit and whatever. And I'm like, no, there's no human spirit. Everything is destroyed. It's all terrible. <laughs> um, but I, that feels, it just, it feels really real to me because the whole, the experience was real. And even this hunter texted me the other day telling me about Bridget's whole classroom experience and all that and her response to that wasn't like oh this principal was a dick she was like props to you for like letting me know that like we can create something that's different right so it's sort of like for however many teachers we had um people know what they deserve yeah. right and they know that it's possible and the kids know what they deserve yeah and that, that's powerful right there. Yeah. And they're going through their lives living that out. So it's not the dream outcome. Um, but 
I, yeah, I can't figure it out. Am I too far removed? Um, do I not want to engage in it because I'm too sad about it to deal with it? Uh, do I, like all the million reasons that I could feel like, why am I not, why do I not have the same level of sadness of when Jackie told, like, and that hit me like a ton of bricks. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't even know it was coming. It was like, and then she told she was like, I swear to God, you could not tell David because David, and I was like, I needed to honor that. Well, the reason why, just to let you know, like I was trying to play this back channel, like, but like slow boil, like, let me see if I can sort of like, you're the principal, poison the water a little bit, poison the well, um, of the idea and see like what happens. And like, in a, in a way it worked, but only for that round. Yeah. It took... It took her into a multi-step plan in which it was clear to her that she wasn't just going to be able to do what she wanted to do and was trying to do at the beginning. Right, so it was fought. It was fought. What can you do with a bad system? So, a bad system. (laughs) Any last words before we close out? Um... Yeah, I mean, maybe I've been talking a little bit about what teachers deserve, but probably in the end, like, most of the teachers are going to be okay in life. And I think what I'm really proud of and what we did is that our students know what they deserve, right? They came into loving adults. They came into a computer per kid. They came into structure. They came into people who will take the hard route with them to find the right way rather than just give up, right? And so... They came into love. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, can yeah. think of how many meetings we had as a staff <laughs> that... I'll, I'm going to reverse it. That where students weren't brought up. Can you think of any? Students were front and center. Yeah. And so much of what we did, our decisions, our processing, our storytelling. We'd spend a whole staff meeting on specific kids at times, yeah. right? For how to... But that, I mean, that was the point. Yeah. Like, if adults are coming together in that school, it wasn't to talk about adults or, like, what adults were doing. It was to talk about kids. Yeah. And what was best for kids and how can we change or modify or, or do something different for kids. Yeah. I mean, for the time that it existed or is still existing, like while we were there, we were good at what we did on behalf of the kids. So, um, I don't know what it means yet. Like I still, I think I'm still in the process of figuring out knowing what it means. And I don't know if I'm in full denial and that's why I'm not emotionally destroyed, uh, anymore. I don't feel good about it, obviously. Um, and I do have these moments of like, well, can it at least make it till 2019 so that it was a decade of a school, right? Which doesn't even really matter. Um, but, but um, I don't know. There's something in me that's sort of like, I'm not at peace because it's not what I would choose, but it's just sort of like, okay, we did what we could in a really tough place in the system the best that we could for that time. And like... Actually, maybe that's what it is. I feel like my dad always in life has been like, do the best you can. And at times that's killed me because it's like the best I can will be like insane amounts of work or late night work or, you know, 
madness. Um, but I really, I feel that way. I feel that way about the school. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Principal to principal. Just won't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christina. Yeah. Thank you for listening to my podcast, A Casualty of Ed Reform. I hope that as a listener, you're walking away with some ideas of not just what happened at Global Tech, but how Ed Reform on a larger scale, whether that reform is a small schools movement, economies of scale, leadership, how these reforms impact schools and students and teachers on the ground how these decisions we make at the systems level will really impact that they have a human face and these reforms have human consequences. For this podcast, I would like to thank the all of the wonderful interviewees, uh, Arnold Kim, Kayla Hamilton, Janeri Bridge-Mohan, Christina Russell, uh, Andrea Gabor, Kyra Matisse. We pose the problems of human beings in their relations with the world. Knowledge emerges only through invention and reinvention. Through the restless and patient continuing, hopeful inquiry human beings pursue in the world, with the world, and with each other. The solution is not to integrate them into the structure of oppression, but to transform that structure so that they become beings for themselves. Liberation is a practice of action and reflection on the world.